You ready? Ready. All right. Hey, church family. Uh, that's a that's a hard start to uh, to uh, to our little podcast check in today. It is late. It is currently nine thirty five uh, local time in New Orleans as we check in and kind of give a breakdown of the day today at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. Uh, it is possible to watch the meeting proceedings online through the Acts 2 app. Just search Acts 2 SBC, Google it, you'll find it. Uh, you can stream it online and you can download an app to your phone. You can watch it that way if you'd, uh, if you'd prefer to do that. But uh, convention business went a little bit long today. We were kind of late getting to dinner. And then, of course, we stood in line with 4,700 other Southern Baptists at a local restaurant. The food was good. Um, I don't know if it was an hour and a half wait in line. Good. But it was good. Uh, and the line was only long because of all of us Baptists. And before we get into kind of just breaking down what happened or talking a little bit about what happened in business today, uh, I want to show you a few uh, convention meeting essentials, uh, things that you have to have uh, to take part in the proceedings of the meeting. First of all, um, <coughs> you have to register as a messenger for your church, which takes place usually months, weeks in advance uh, prior to going to uh, showing up at the convention. Then when you get here and you go through the registration line, everybody gets a name tag like this. See, there's my name and says that I am a messenger from the church. And then like if you're an alum of a particular seminary, sometimes they'll give away these little ribbons that you can just use stick on to the backside and you can show off that you were a student there. Uh, this is the Beyond Trips pin that Nikki was talking about yesterday that Gateway Seminary is giving out just to uh, let Southern Baptists know that they have a fund that goes to pay for a short-term uh, mission trip for every student that is uh, enrolled at Gateway Seminary right now. Uh, then there's a couple other things that you need for business. So you have to have that name tag to get into all the business sessions. Uh, it's not like a highly secure meeting, but it's not mildly secure. However... I was coming back from lunch today, and I forgot to put my lanyard on. Mm -hmm. And there and was this, stop you. The, he he did not let me through. I said it's in my bag. Yeah. I had to pull it up, and put it on yep. before he let me in the hall. So then the other things that you need, and I forgot one of them. Will you go grab a ballot? That's the most important. It's the most piece. important thing. While Nikki goes to get the most important piece that I forgot, uh, there's a couple things. One is a book of reports that you get when you register and check in. And uh, it is literally that is a book of reports from every one of our Southern Baptist uh, entities. So the executive committee produces a report, the IMB produces a report, NAM produces a report, all of the seminaries, uh, and so on. And uh, most of the business uh, of the convention meeting uh, is related to those reports and approving those reports. Then every day in the morning, uh, they print. A bulletin like this and on the bulletin you get a schedule of what's going on uh, during the day in the morning and then in the uh, afternoon session there's <coughs> excuse me a schedule in there as well uh, the bulletin today also included the, several of the resolutions uh, that the convention will be voting on uh, we voted on I think One, five six six resolutions today resolutions are in the Southern Baptist world are essentially a statement of opinion or belief of the convention in a particular year in which they meet. Uh, and today we voted on uh, resolutions. Uh, so resolution one is on the importance of revitalization and replanting. Uh, resolution two is a statement on needed care and support for pastors and ministry leaders. Mm, 
uh, resolution number three is on artificial intelligence and emerging technologies, which was the first resolution of its kind by our convention. Of uh, all. All evan ev evangelical mm -hmm. it's the first uh, one denominations. Of, yeah, so it's kind of an historic one. Uh, resolution number four on wisely engaging immigration. Resolution number five on the legacy and responsibility of women fulfilling the Great Commission. And then resolution number six on the Southern Baptist Confessional Heritage of the Office of Bishop slash Elder slash Pastor. We talked about that a little bit in our preview episode a couple of days ago when we were talking about some of the issues related to churches that were deemed no longer in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention uh, because they were churches that ordained and installed women in the office of pastor, particularly uh, lead pastor or campus pastor, uh, in the context uh, of their local church. That was one of the items that we dealt with. I'll get to that in just a second. The last necessary item is this, a ballot. And it is a fairly simple little thing. It's just uh, bright yellow paper with... It's not always yellow. Last year, mm, I think it was orange. Sometimes, maybe sometimes it's orange. And inside, there's there are, sorry... Uh, ballots that look like this and uh, most of the time uh, you vote with your ballot very simply you just you just raise it in the air uh, whether you're for or against whenever they ask for it sometimes on some matters though they require a, a paper ballot to be cast and uh, all of these are confidential you don't write your name anywhere on the ballot there's a number of different boxes uh, to check on there that can be used for we vote for you know candidates for uh, president first vice president second vice president um, there are some matters uh, that will require and so uh, require a ballot and so you will get instructions from the registration secretary who is a wonderful man his name is Don Currents he's the mayor. volunteer mayor of Ozark Missouri uh, he is a bright spot in the convention he's just uh, He's a fun guy. He's a sweet man, and uh, he's good humored about the job that he does. And um, does it well, though. And he does his job. He does his job very well. So anyway, uh, so we had some ballot votes, and we we use those to vote today. So um, on the order of business today, um, well, I already mentioned resolutions that came up uh, early on. Uh, voted on those with really out, really without a whole lot of consternation uh, by the people. They they all went pretty well, and I thought the resolutions were fairly well stated. Uh, I personally have chaired the committee on resolutions for the Baptist Convention of New Mexico a couple of times uh, in in not too recent, uh, not too distant past, and it's not it's not an easy job to have to to craft a statement that that attempts to speak for a, a large group of people. Uh, there's 12,000 messengers uh, registered here at the Southern Baptist. 12,711 messengers uh, <coughs> registered at the Southern Baptist Convention this year. There's usually not that many at our state Baptist Convention, obviously. Um, usually uh, oh, three, four hundred, maybe five hundred or so. Um, but all the same, trying to craft a statement that speaks about the beliefs that a broad group of people hold is a really difficult thing to do. And so I don't envy the job of the SBC Resolutions Committee. They have a, a difficult task, and I think they have handled it very well so far this year. There are three or four resolutions we'll still have to vote on tomorrow, but so far, so good. Then this morning, the North American Mission Board gave their report uh, and um, gave some transparency, as they do in, in reporting every year in regard to cooperative program monies that were used and how they were used, churches that were planted, so on and so forth. Uh, 
Um, the uh, Those that are giving reports are also obligated to receive and answer any questions from the floor. So any messenger from any church can get to a microphone and, um, <coughs> excuse me, and ask a question uh, or bring a motion or, uh, you know, different, different sorts of things like that. And that went well. Following the North American Mission Board uh, report, we had an international mission board report. Uh, Paul Chitwood, who is the president of the IMB, brought that report. He has some statistics of uh, church planting, discipleship, missionaries on the field. We have something like 3,500 active missionaries, uh, Southern Baptist missionaries on the field around the world with 2,700 plus children uh, that belong to those missionaries that are uh, serving alongside their parents in some regard, not as employees or as missionaries, but uh, uh, but there's those who, who, who have parents that have a call to the mission field and they share in that in that regard. And so uh, I might encourage you as you go to bed tonight, uh, or if you listen to this early in the morning tomorrow, uh, just stop, <coughs> excuse me, for a moment and pray for our missionaries and for church planters that we support through the uh, International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. Then following the IMB's report, uh, we had a sending celebration. I posted some images of this uh, on my personal Facebook uh, page and on Twitter as well. You can go and, and look for that if you like. Um, just some pictures from that sending ceremony. And, and today we commissioned 79 different missionaries from 21 different states and 44 local churches represented uh, who are going to uh, the mission field all around the world, many to uh, Asia and Pacific Rim, uh, some to Central Asia, some to uh, several to Europe and also to the Americas as well. Uh, missionaries for whom uh, Many English is their first language, but there were several English was not their was not their first language, and they are um, going to minister <coughs> to people who speak their heart language. There's some people who um, are not, um, uh, or some people who are uh, uh, missionaries who have different ethnic and national backgrounds, and for some of them, they're going back home uh, to where they are from to serve as missionaries with their spouses, uh, and uh, or some of them just by themselves and. Um, plant churches and make disciples of Jesus in far-flung places. So pray for them. Pray for the missionaries that we know as a church as well as you think about that. The mission sending um, celebration is has been a highlight of the convention the last several years that they've been doing it. Uh, I think it's a wonderful way to remind Southern Baptists of why we partner together in giving uh, giving money to the cooperative and through the cooperative program. The flip side of, uh, uh, it's not really the flip side, but but the, the, the upshot of the cooperative program is not just that we fund missionaries to go overseas uh, as a convention, but that we are funding a pathway for you, church member, to go overseas to serve, um, <coughs> to serve in taking the gospel to difficult people in difficult places, uh, or to plant a church in the United States or somewhere in Canada with through the North American Mission Board. If the Lord is calling you to mission in some, like as as a, as a lifestyle, as as a vocation, to be uh, one who takes the gospel to people who haven't heard it before, um, there is a pathway through the International Mission Board for us to do that, uh, through the North American Mission Board, to become a church planter. So we don't give to the cooperative program just so, just so other people can go. We give to the cooperative program so that we can go as, as God calls and, uh, and enables us to, to faithfully do that. Nikki, thoughts? Reflection on anything from this morning? Uh, I'm sure. I just 
I'm in the main scene right now. I'm so tired. Um, no, it was just overall, I think it went well. It was fun to come in. Um, there was excitement coming in. People were ready. Um, yeah. The hall was full. The hall was very full. It's hard to find a seat. Yeah. Standing yep. room only mm-hmm. this morning and this afternoon. Um, no, it, it went it went pretty well. Yeah. Then this afternoon, uh, the fun really started. So um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad thing, and it really actually it wasn't fun at all. Um, it was important business was done, but it was mm-hmm. not like woohoo. Um, so after lunch, and uh, lunch was fine. I, I went to a uh, uh, an entity lunch. Midwestern Seminary has a for the church kind of emphasis. Uh, and they put on a lunch today and talked about preparing uh, pastors and church planters. And so I had a, another boxed sandwich. Uh, <laughs> it was not a great lunch, but it didn't cost me anything. Somebody else had an extra ticket, and they said, why don't you come use it? So I did. Nikki had a tofu salad, and we're not talking about that. So after lunch, we uh, uh, returned to the convention hall. And, man, I just, sorry, <laughs> that tofu salad is going to give me nightmares. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have like indigestion by proxy. <laughs> this, this afternoon, we uh, uh, started with worship and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Committee on Committees gave a report. That sounds redundant, but that's really the name. It's a Committee on Committees. The Committee on Committees is, uh, is appointed, I believe, is appointed by the president of the convention who is elected every year. We had a president every year. Presidents can serve two consecutive terms if they so wish and are so nominated and elected. Um, and the Committee on Committees uh, appoints the Committee on Nominations, and the Committee on Nominations appoints uh, or, or nominates trustees to serve on the boards of the different entities of the Southern Baptist Convention, the um, uh, International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, six Southern Baptist seminaries, and so on. Uh, trustees are those who basically hold authority uh, or hold the entity in trust for the messengers of the convention. They're the ones that hold presidents and faculty and other staff accountable for financial reporting and just carrying out the mission that the Southern Baptist Convention has appointed to them. So the Committee on Committees brought their report. The Committee on Nominations brought their report. We approved a whole bunch of trustees to start serving in this next year, and that's all very good. Uh, Then... um, uh, I, I lied. I said the Committee on Resolutions brought their uh, report in the morning. They didn't. They brought it in the afternoon, but it all ran together all the same. It went well. Uh, then following the Committee on Resolutions report, and a little bit of discussion about some resolutions, but it was all fruitful and helpful and, and I think well taken. Uh, we had the election for president. There were two candidates. The current president serving this year is Bart Barber. He's pastor of a normative size uh, Baptist church in Farmersville, Texas. Uh, a church of about 350 or so in attendance week to week. Um, they baptized 26 last year. They're a church in a lot of ways. They're a little bit larger than we are, but in church in a lot of ways, it's, it's quite a bit like us. And so it's encouraging to see a convention president, maybe not from a mega church. Not that it's a bad thing, but he he's someone we can... He represents I can, the SBC he does. better he, in that he, way. He represents a broader number of churches in the yeah. SBC. Uh, but the man is just incredibly gracious and kind and patient with people who don't know Robert's rules of order <laughs> all too very well. Um, but uh, he's, he has a good sense of humor and, uh, and is just a very impartial, kind, 
uh, uh, gracious guy. I, I said, uh, uh, leaving the meeting today, that he he held himself with great tact and aplomb today, and uh, and I mean it. So Bart was up. Uh, he was nominated for a second year, and he uh, and frequently. Uh, it's kind of been the case that usually if a president has served his first year and he's being nominated again, that he usually runs unopposed. That's just, um, there's no rule saying that that has to happen. It's just kind of been uh, the convention norm. This year, uh, there was another candidate, Mike Stone, a pastor from Blackshear, uh, Georgia. I think that's the town that he's in. And uh, but Bart Barber won the election um, and uh, and it was good. and we say like won won the election like like there was some like sort of actual contest of of wills. These guys don't really campaign for the position. They're nominated by an individual. The convention votes, and uh, they voted overwhelmingly uh, in favor of Bart Barber, which is not a vote against Mike Stone in any way. I don't think there's just a vote of confidence in the continued uh, work of Bart Barber serving as the president. Now, the president of the convention, oddly enough. Um, is really just a glorified meeting moderator. That's really all he is. He doesn't set direction for the convention. He doesn't tell churches what they can do. He serves for one year to preside over the meeting uh, of Southern Baptists. Um, now, he does also sort of serve as kind of a figurehead and a face for Southern Baptists in the broader um, media world. And so Bart Barber had actually, uh, in the last year, an interview with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes, uh, in which I think he represented Southern Baptists and some of the challenges that we're facing uh, just expertly and with uh, with much grace and conviction at the same time. Uh, so, uh, just I, I've appreciated his uh, his leadership, I guess, in that regard and the way that he's handled the meeting and himself and everything. So glad that he'll be serving Southern Baptists in that role for another year. Uh, then, after the election of the president, <coughs> the executive committee, which again the executive committee exists to carry out the will of the messengers in distributing funds to SBC entities the 363 days of the year when the SB, the SBC is not meeting. And so they brought a report basically on um, how they distributed funds that were given through the cooperative program last year, which is basically to say you, as a convention, approved us to, to or, or instructed us to disperse the money this way, we did. Uh, and then there's a whole lot of talking beyond that, um, which is not bad, but it's a little bit superfluous, to be honest. Like, uh, it would be great if the if the if the report was just like just read yeah. in the report. Yeah, if the report was, seven. hey, you told us to give this much money to these entities, and we did, and we did. Good job. You can read you know? about it yeah. here. <laughs> but uh, but they also have to present a budget for the executive committee in the following year. So we voted on that, and um, all that went fairly well. Um, then we moved into uh, the miscellaneous business section of uh, business today. And there were three items that had to be dealt with that we knew were coming up during this miscellaneous business session. Uh, I mistakenly said, Nikki corrected me after our first preview podcast, that the miscellaneous business was going to be happening Tuesday morning. Uh, it, I was wrong. Uh, it happened Tuesday afternoon. So... Um, during miscellaneous business, we dealt with three churches that were determined by the Credentials Committee of the Southern Baptist Convention to be no, not in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, Fern Creek Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Freedom Church in, I can't remember where they are, uh, and then Saddleback Church located in Lake Forest, California. Um, we dealt with them in that order. Uh, Fern Creek Church... Uh, was deemed not in friendly cooperation uh, because they have a woman who has been serving as senior pastor 
for a number of years uh, there at the church. And the Baptist Faith and Message uh, article, uh, Baptist Faith and Message 2000, Article 7, says that, the, that there are two scriptural offices in the church, uh, pastor or elder and deacon, and that the office of pastor is reserved for men as qualified by Scripture, uh, referring to 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus 1, 1 Peter 5. And, uh, and so for a Southern Baptist church to have a, an, a, a woman serving as senior pastor uh, would be deemed not to be in friendly cooperation. They are not, uh, um, uh, their faith and practice is not closely aligned with the Baptist faith and message. And we're not saying that Fern Creek <coughs> Baptist Church, the executive committee or credentials committee together are not saying that, that the members of Fern Creek Baptist Church are not Christian. Uh, we're just saying that the way that their church is ordered in terms of leadership is uh, is not in keeping with what Southern Baptists have agreed that we believe the Bible says about who the officers in the church ought to be. And so, um, so Fern Creek uh, appealed that decision of the executive committee, credentials committee, which they are, uh, by constitution and bylaws, allowed to do. And they were represented by their... Uh, 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 pastor, and I forget her name, but she was given three minutes to speak uh, in favor of the appeal, uh, basically uh, asking messengers to overturn the decision of the executive committee. And then uh, the executive committee was allowed to choose someone uh, to give a response to that for an equal amount of time, three minutes. And, uh, <coughs> and so Al Muller, who's the president of Southern Baptist Seminary, uh, Southern Seminary in, in Louisville, Kentucky, he gave the, the response. Uh, and then we voted via ballot. Um, then the next church came up, Freedom Church. And the issue with Freedom Church uh, was that they had hired a pastor who was uh, previously, who, who previously had admitted to uh, a pattern of sexual assault with female staff and or church members in the past. And, uh, and a number of years ago, the Southern Baptist Convention uh, uh, approved an amendment to their bylaws, particularly the bylaws related to cooperation, stating that churches who uh, employed convicted sex offenders or persons um, uh, admitting to a past of sexual assault um, were not deemed in uh, friendly cooperation with the convention, uh, being as um, we have said that those who commit those sorts of things are um, are, are again not that they are not Christians and can't be Christians, and not that they can't be church members, but that they have um, abused the trust and authority that are given to pastors by the church in such a way that disqualifies them from serving as pastors. So there's a church, Freedom Church, that had a senior pastor with a past history of sexual assault, where he was the offender, and uh, they had been uh, uh, approached uh, by the executive committee about the issue, and um, and had. Ignored the, ignored the attempts of the executive committee to get some resolution there, uh, to talk about any efforts or steps that they had taken to bring resolution to the matter. And, uh, and so a member of their church, uh, the pastor, that they said, has since stepped down <coughs> from that church so as not to be a distraction. Um, and that was a part of the presentation or, or, or the appeal uh, that was given by the church member, and then there was a response given um, to that by a member of the executive committee, uh, Pastor Dean and Sarah from, um, I can't remember the name of his church, but he's in Florida, 
And, uh, and he kind of detailed the many efforts that the executive committee went through to try to get in touch with folks at Freedom Church to bring resolution to this. And they, and, and they were roundly ignored, according to uh, Dean's uh, testimony. Uh, that was a hard situation, honestly, for, uh, for me to work through and to vote on, um, whether to uphold the executive committee's decision or to vote to reinstate uh, Freedom Church. And, um, and, uh, and it was tough. I, just praying through it, I, I was mindful of just the necessity of asking, you know, praying and trusting that, that God is working in the processes that we have in place as a convention to do the right thing. And, um, you know, and that even if we manage, even if we make a mistake this time in some way or another, that God will give us opportunity to do right by it in the future. And so, uh, so that was, so that was that one. That was a tough case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last case was uh, Saddleback Church. And the issue was similar to Fern Creek. They had ordained three fe- three females to the office of pastor. And one of them, uh, w- one has been, um, Recently installed, uh, one woman, uh, not previously ordained by them, but has been installed as a teaching pastor at uh, Saddleback Church. And another one of the ladies that was ordained as a pastor two years ago uh, or so is now serving as a campus pastor of one of Saddleback's campuses. And so for those reasons, they have been deemed not a friendly cooperation. Rick Warren, the pastor emeritus, recently retired from Saddleback Church, uh, gave the presentation on behalf of Saddleback to the, uh, to the convention floor. Uh, he got three minutes, um, like everybody does, and then Al Mohler gave the response again. And Al Mohler's response, I thought, was helpful. He said, listen, this is not a, if we vote to uphold the decision of the executive committee, this is not a decision with rancor. Uh, those were the words that he used. Uh, we're not saying that, that the folks at Saddleback aren't Christian, but we are saying that we have a kind of disagreement about the way that we order churches and the kinds of churches that will plant together as a convention um, through the IMB, through the North American Mission Board, that um, it makes it difficult to, to be in cooperation here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a fun afternoon. Uh, we haven't had too many cases of, of church discipline in the church where we've had to remove a person from membership in the church uh, as a result of unrepentant sin. Um, now, I'm not saying that, that all of the things that were happening today, um, issues related to friendly cooperation with these three churches are related to unrepentant sin, mm-hmm. but the whole process felt just kind of just as painful, telling a, like telling a family member, um, you can't come to the reunion this year because of these things in your life that are hurting the rest of the family or are problematic for the rest of the family. Uh, it was not fun. It was painful and um, and and grief inducing. At least for me, um, I'll be honest with you. We our church is complementarian. Our our statement of faith is the Baptist faith and message. We believe there's a difference between men and women and the way that God has made us. And uh, and 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 that as goes the office of pastor, that it is reserved for men as qualified by Scripture. Um, in the places that we mentioned earlier. Now, of course, that does not mean that women can't serve in ministry. We have lots of women serving in ministry and leading ministries in our church, and I'm so grateful to God for them because they're godly women, and they display um, uh, godly, Christ-like lives that, uh, that in, uh, honestly, are, are humbling to me, encouraging to me, and, and uh, I could go on a long tear and, and, and list all of them now. I won't for the sake of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful to God for the women that he's put in our church and for those that are serving in, in leadership in different ways. 
Um, all the same, um, I could not in good conscience um, vote to continue associating uh, with churches that, um, that make this compromise mm -hmm. on women serving as pastor. I'm reading 1 Timothy uh, 2 and 3 and Titus 1 and 1 Peter 5 and uh, Acts 20, several places even in the Old Testament in the way that, uh, that God sets up leadership for his covenant people Israel uh, under the Old Covenant. It seems that God is pursuing uh, or, or desires uh, something of the created order, um, men created first, uh, women created as helpers for men, men being the primary spiritual leaders in the home who love their wives as Christ loved the church, giving themselves up for her sanctification and so on, uh, that God has deemed uh, and desired that men be the primary spiritual leaders in the home. And we want to reflect that in the church as well because we want men to be spiritual leaders at home. And again, that, uh, that's not to say that women never lead spiritually in the home. We were at a conference last night, <coughs> Nine Marks Conference, uh, late last night, and um, one of the panelists said, just see, if, if any of you were saved under the age of 11, came to faith in Christ under the age of 11, stand up. And I said, now, now if, if, any of, if for any of you, your mom had... Not, your mother had nothing to do with you coming to faith in Christ. Go ahead and sit down. And, and almost like, like probably like 95% of people who stood up stayed that. standing, yeah. which is to say, you know, and he said, so women do the work of evangelists. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, women are active. Mothers are active in shepherding their children toward toward Jesus. It's not to say that women can't do those things, but as, as goes the church, God has reserved the office of pastor for men as qualified by scripture, which means not every man is a pastor. Uh, there, there are character qualifications and skill-based qualifications that are there for us uh, that the word has clearly said. So um, so I voted uh, today to uphold the decision of the executive committee in, uh, in all three cases, uh, in Fern Creek and in Saddleback on the issue of uh, women serving as pastors. Um, I did so with grief because it's just not fun to do it. I don't enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and voted to uphold the, the decision of the executive committee in the case of Freedom Church related to sexual abuse. Just, uh, again, trusting that the EC is doing, is carrying out the process of the way that they're supposed to. And um, it's hard to do, but it's just like, okay, God, help us to do what's right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Lord, if, you know, and, and if things change, great. And we can, um, we, we can go from there. So that was most of the business this afternoon. Um, we uh, There was one item, a, an abuse reform implementation task force report that got pushed to tomorrow morning. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And there was an election uh, cast for the first vice president, but we won't get results on that till later. Now, all that said, I told you how I voted um, uh, on the issues of those churches. And, I, and I'm happy to explain my vote and talk more about that with any of you that might have questions when we get back in town. Uh, let's go grab coffee or meet in my office or whatever. Um, more than happy to talk through uh, questions you have there, concerns you might have about any of that. Um, we won't have results on the vote, uh, uh, vote results on those three churches until tomorrow mm -hmm. because there were, you know, 11, 11 12,000 ballots being gathered for each of those back to back to back. And then we went into other stuff. And so the, um, what's that committee called? Not the credentials, the registration committee? The I think they're just the, the tellers. Yeah, so the tellers and anyway, those There's that handle registration. It's just the teller. The teller. Okay, those that, <coughs> those that handle registration and, uh, and voting stuff. 
Uh, they'll count all those votes tonight. They're probably already counted fact, by now. But we'll anyone get... can volunteer to be a teller. There you go. Nikki was a teller one year. No. She... No? I wasn't a teller. What I were just, you? I just helped with registration. You helped process. with registration. And she met, she met Mayor Don Currents, the current uh, registration secretary, all the way back in 2007 before he was mayor. Or, or registration even secretary, center. yeah. Anyway, uh, so if you ever want to volunteer for the Southern Baptist Convention, you can do that mm -hmm. uh, as a member of a Southern Baptist church. So, uh, so we have some stuff pushed tomorrow. We'll get results uh, on the matter of the the churches tomorrow, and um, and that's kind of most of the highlights of mm -hmm. today. I don't know if they're all highlights. Some of them feel like lowlights, but um, the great thing was we started the day celebrating what Southern Baptists do best, which is send missionaries all mm -hmm. around the world plant churches in hard places in North America. Uh, and we made some hard decisions about cooperating together. And um, the good ones, good ones. There's hard, they're just hard decisions. Yeah. There's hard decisions. And so we, I, I pray that as a convention, we did all of that prayerfully. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and I pray that the decisions we made are honoring to God and help our cooperation in the long term. So uh, continue praying for the Southern Baptist convention, maybe tune in online tomorrow and watch some of the stream. It starts at uh, 8 o'clock here local time, which would be 7 o'clock mountain time, uh, and goes through uh, tomorrow evening uh, around 5 o'clock here locally um, when we close. So Maybe we'll do a challenge tomorrow. Put up a, a timer clock where you can only speak so many minutes to each issue. What, like for the podcast? Uh, Nikki's mad because I talked apparently a long time. This podcast is like double the length of the previous ones that we've done, but I'm still under 45 minutes. And if you listen to me preach week to week, that is a success. Yeah. So, uh, but they do have timers when people they get do up have, to speak at the microphone. They do have timers, and, and they are pretty strict with the time, which is good. It's a very I'll fair. See this tomorrow. Yeah, there. <laughs> it's a Watch very tomorrow. It's Thank a you. very fair process. <laughs> um, People are allotted a certain amount of time to speak, and it doesn't matter if you're a president of a seminary or you're a member of a church, um, whether you're old or young or people know who you are or don't. Uh, the rules are very fair. You get to a microphone, you push the button, you make a motion, you make an amendment, whatever, point of order. And uh, and if it's in order, you can, you can do that thing. If it's out of order, it doesn't matter who you are. If it's out of order, the microphone will turn off. The microphone turns off, and you gotta you gotta figure out how to get it in order. So, Robert's rules of order uh, are the are the rules that we use to govern the meeting, or the parliamentary procedure of the meeting, and uh, they're really really helpful for just keeping order in the room. And for the most part, people respect them. Yeah. So, uh, so that's good. I feel like we're all learning a little bit. Bart Barber is giving us a master class in meeting moderation. He's this not week. throwing candy at us. He's not throwing candy at us like we do at members' meetings, so I've got that over. I, although he did throw a squeeze ball at someone this morning. What? A stress, Where one of those I? little blow, I don't know. You were. Oh, I was in the exhibit hall. She was in the exhibit hall. He threw a stress ball, a little squeezy I stress ball. I got in by time business started, somebody. though. It was funny. She did. We were in there for, for just about all the business today. Yeah. I just um, missed a little bit, like, the welcome. She missed the opening worship. Worship was good, though. Worship was good. Actually, worship is being led this week by the worship team at... Bart Barber's Church. Yeah, Bart Barber's Church. Uh, First Baptist Church, Farmersville uh, in okay. Texas. Here's the great thing. The, the worship this week, uh, in music anyway, has been... Um, but really, I mean, it's not oh, it's not over the top. They have a mm -hmm. choir. They have a simple band. In a lot of ways, it reminds me so much of um, how we worship in music week to week. 
And I think how most Southern Baptist churches worship in, yeah. in music each week, week to week. I mean, it's simple, it's straightforward. Songs that are singable, faithful to Scripture, mm-hmm. um, memorable. Uh, I mean, you don't have to be able to sing like Celine Dion or Kelly Clarkson to be able to sing along with them. Uh, I don't know any male singers. So no, okay. Luke Bryan, yeah, he can't sing. Um, but uh, anyway, you don't have to have, you know, I mean, you don't have to be a stellar singer to sing along. And, uh, and that's kind of the point of church music uh, is that, that everybody can sing and ought to sing. And, uh, and, and it's just, you know, it's what we aim for in music worship at First West. And it's just great that that's reflected uh, in the music of, of the convention this week. So uh, James Cheeseman is the, the worship director uh, for, well, he's the, I think he's the worship pastor at First Baptist Farmers Bill, and he's the worship director. Uh, here at the convention this week, and that's kind of standard. Usually, the music team from the church of the president is the one that does music. And uh, and I'm just saying, if we had somebody in our church named James Cheeseman, I would have a hard time. Cheeseman, Cheeseman I would have a hard time not calling him Jimmy Cheese or Jimmy Cheddar. Oh my god! I'm just saying, it's uh, it's one of those names. So hey, that's uh, that's enough of that for today. We will check in with you tomorrow. Uh, after uh, business is concluded and uh, look forward to seeing all of you this coming Sunday in worship. So I'm going to stop this recording. God bless y'all. Good night. Sweet dreams. We'll see you tomorrow.